0: Hey folks, so this is a cross posted podcast that I did with my friend Nick. Uh, he and I started a podcast called The Training Table, uh, which is geared more towards uh, CrossFit slash functional fitness coaches and gym owners uh so if you're interested in that go find the training table on your podcast platform um but we interview our friend uh, matt chenard who's a gym owner up in canada and uh, he got famous on social media from doing ice baths um uh, daily ice baths for uh six or seven years as he'll explain um has gone viral several times and uh yeah we chat about his ice baths and also about uh, setting goals. Um, and I thought it would be appropriate to cross-post it to kind uh, of Fitness Radio. So uh, enjoy this podcast with Matt Chenard. All right, folks, welcome to the training table. Today we have a special guest, uh, Matt Chouinard, uh, on with us. And we're going to just get it going. Uh, Matt, why don't you just give people like a quick overview as to where you are, what you do, um, and what you're about.
1: Yep, um, glad to be here, guys. I am from Camrose, Alberta. No one really knows where Camrose, Alberta is. So if you know Calgary or Edmonton, if you know hockey, it's right between those two hockey cities. I am a t- eleven year brick and mortar gym owner, uh, mentoring business owner. Um, got a my wife Jalisa, new daughter Willa, three months old, and I sit in ice tubs for a living. There you go.
0: Yeah, so that's I think where we wanted to start because you have gone viral uh several times, right? Uh for your ice bath wait, videos. Wait, wait, wait. Um,
2: hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got to pause for a second. Hold on. <laughs> Anyone listening to this? Matt is not a real person. So, as you listen to the questions that we ask and the story he tells, I want you to put together this narrative that I have figured out over the last 2 years that Matthew Schnard is not a real human being. He is an AI-generated uh, uh, thing. Um, and you're going to—I'm just now that I've said it, I've colored the waters. <laughs> Let's continue our story, yeah. please. To,
0: to be clear, neither Nick nor I have met Matt in True. person. Um, although we are neither in the same—there
2: on Earth.
0: is <laughs> <laughs> an AI-generated photo of him in New York City during one of the uh, Two Brain Business Tinker meetups, I believe. Um, but beyond that, there's there's no proof um, of him actually being a real person. Um, so with that being said, ice baths, um, I guess give us the quick and dirty in terms of how you got into that and the why and what that's all about.
1: Ooh, that's good. So I believe it was seven years ago, um, going through a pretty stressful time in my life. My mom had cancer. We just moved our gym. Uh, We just bought our first house. My wife was going through eating disorder. All these things happening once. And then I started to develop some sort of autoimmune condition, chronic hives. And I remember going to the doctor and telling him what's going on. They just gave me a bunch of strong medication that did nothing. And some bad side effects to that. And I said, hey, when's this going to go? He's like, oh, probably never in terms of this autoimmune condition. So this has happened a couple times in my life where had a pretty bad back injury. The doctor told me to get surgery, never lift weights again, just become a long distance runner. So I get really stubborn and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find some other way to do this. And I'm going to invest time, money, and energy into that. So I started to research, obviously, um, cortisol levels can affect autoimmune conditions, what you eat, environmental inputs. So I started to do cold exposure specifically during that time that was about seven years ago (laughs) so I first started by buying a chest freezer and I went to a local furniture store I walked into the store because I researched on YouTube that you can convert a chest freezer into a cold tub and I asked the person behind the desk I said hello do you have any chest freezers that can fit a person inside (laughs) and she stopped and looks at me (laughs) What do you mean? She didn't say that, but I could see like she's probably dialing nine one one right away. We have an
0: ex murderer here who likes yeah. to store bodies in a chest freezer.
1: So I caught myself. I said, "Whoa, wait! I'm going to sit in it," which isn't much better. uh then I got
0: yeah. for those who don't who don't know uh, AI Matt Chenard. He's what are you six six? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His his computer
2: generated uh, pictures are six six. Yeah,
0: that's
1: right. That's and right. I have teeth that may may or may not have been in at that time. I don't know. After <laughs> playing hockey, so I converted this. I got one off of Facebook Marketplace because I'm not going to buy from there. After that, just walked out basically. Converted it. Started practice, and I've been doing it for seven years. Uh, I've upgraded tubs, downgraded tubs, and then I started to post my videos four years ago while I was talking in there because I had a fear of public speaking. And just putting stuff out there that could cause people to disagree with me or judge me or talk about me behind my back, which as an entrepreneur is something you need to get over, that that fear of that, and just putting yourself out there. So I started doing that and I averaged probably 20 to 200 views for a solid three and a half years, four years. And then one video went viral, it's at 3.3, and then I posted another one about A month ago and it's at nine point three and it's a good thing million. Yeah, nine point three million.
2: Yeah, don't over don't understate that. That's a that's a lot.
1: (laughs) And it's a good thing I practice not caring what people think because man, people are nasty (laughs) sometimes. Those comments. (laughs) There's about two thousand comments and arguments happening. So that's my story.
0: So when you post these videos, you you were already doing it for a couple of years, and then you started posting videos of you doing it. Um, what Can you remember what it was like? And for people who, who don't know what we're talking about, basically, um, it, it, it's a tub of water. And because you're up in Canada and most of the year it's cold, it's already cold, cold enough where there's videos of you chipping away, not just like a layer of ice, but like inches of ice. Like yeah, the hitting ice. It with you're breaking
2: bl- apart a glacier to get inside the water. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then pulling those chunks out or just moving them aside so you can get in. Um, first question, what was that like when you first started? Was it hard for you or were you are you just so tough because you're Canadian and you played high-level hockey that you, know, you just were good with it from the start? And then, what are the actual, what are the physiological benefits of doing that for people who, who might not know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough.
1: It, it's been tough since day one and it's still difficult. Sometimes I procrastinate for both 30 minutes and four, hopping there still because it doesn't get less painful. It, it's still painful. Maybe it does get a little bit less painful, but you learn to adapt and respond to that external stress. So, that's another thing reason I think it's so important for entrepreneurs specifically, like there's so many decisions you have to make that you need to separate yourself emotionally from that decision, right? So when you put your foot in the cold or turn the cold water on the shower, whatever you do, there's an initial response that you want to have. But if you can, if you can interce- intercept that response by controlling your breath, you're telling your body what your brain knows. So your brain knows, I'm okay, I'm just getting cold water. I'm going to force myself to calm my breathing down. So with time, it's gotten easier because I've learned how to control my stress response to that. And it's almost like a practice field for the rest of my day because we're bombarded with different stressors as entrepreneurs or just employees, whatever. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, but it's a good practice field for me. So I've gotten better at it but it, sometimes it's minus 45 Fahrenheit. I think around that minus 45, it's the same as Celsius. Uh, so then that's, it's pretty chilly. Um, the benefits, there are many benefits. increase brown adipose tissue, which is brown fat, which is a good kind of fat, which increases your metabolism, cold shock proteins, uh, dopamine response. So, you get a 250%, if I'm correct. People can look this up so I don't get arguments on social media again. 250%. I'm sure they will.
2: I'm sure they will.
0: We don't don't have 9.3 million listens, so you're fine. Maybe now we will. (laughs) I don't know. Dopamine. 250 response in
1: dopamine, and it lasts for about two hours, where cocaine is like a nine minute takes for the dopamine to drop. And you get, I think it's more or the same amount from doing cocaine as you do from hopping the cold water. Yo, so, and, uh, uh, anex-
2: Matt, Matt, anecdotally on that, right? So you guys know I'm going through a somewhat stressful time that I will not talk about right now on the podcast, but uh, I, I just recently bought an ice bath and I've been, Chris, I've been sending Matt funny videos of me trying to put this thing together because I've been doing it wrong for about <laughs> two and a half weeks now. <laughs> i'm getting into it and something is wrong or a, a, a leak happens and all the water spills out while i'm inside of it or uh the the thermometer attached to it is not correct and I, i'm i finally, whatever i finally got it together it's good uh I, I forgot how fucking cold it gets so i got into it yesterday uh and i told matt that it took me three attempts to get into it because i, I kept giving up which is not something that i've ever done in a cold bath before but I finally get into it. I sat in, what would I say, about 12 minutes? Yeah. uh, 12 minutes at, I think, 35 or 40 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And I got out. And the only period in the last 48 hours that I've been even remotely calm was the probably Mm. hour and a half after that. Brain was Mm. finally operating at, like, a somewhat okay level. And, man, if I ever needed a testimonial for myself, like, wowzers, you know?
1: Yeah. I... I found it most impactful during the most stressful times as a business owner, right? Owning a brick and mortar gym during the pandemic, specifically in Canada, like we are closed for seven total months. We couldn't even use our gym and open and closing four to five times. And I made sure, even if I was at this high level of stress mentally, having that time in my day was almost like a reset. And I felt so much more calm and clear on what I needed to take action on, right? What I could actually impact. Do you drink coffee as
0: well? I do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you do this in the morning, first thing. And when, so let's say someone's listening to this, they're like, you know, at first they were, they were never going to do this, but then all of a sudden you're talking about like managing stress and having a clearer head. And so then all of a sudden people are like, Ooh, maybe I should do this or try this. Instead of, you know, trying to go buy a chest freezer or even, a, I think you're now what, at like a pretty basic plastic tub, um, you know, instead of maybe doing that, like, would you say, hey, maybe try like at the end of your normal shower, turning it to cold? Like what would be your kind of, no pun intended, like dip in the water or like just put your feet in the water type uh, action? I think it's exactly that. It's just
1: turn it to cold for two seconds. I think the, whether it's cold exposure, your fitness journey, or being a business owner, it's just taking steps in that direction. So don't overthink it. Just do two seconds of cold. And then tomorrow I'll do three seconds of cold and four seconds of cold. You don't have to go buy this huge setup and start doing it because your, your identity needs to shift around the habits you do, right? So your habits will dictate Your lifestyle, your lifestyle dictates your identity. So I'm just, I just do cold exposure because I've been doing it for so long. It's something I'm not going to give up. But if I said I'm going to do 12 minutes every single day in this ice tub, I'm starting from zero, that's going to be really difficult to maintain because it's not a part of my life. It hasn't integrated into my schedule yet. So just start small and that's going to compound, like habits compound over time. And then you can start adding time, you can start counting your breaths. You can start just going cold. You can start doing them outside depending where you are, but just start slow and then let it compound naturally.
0: Is there something that you are thinking about in terms of process and dealing with that cold? So you know, someone uh, is at the end of the shower, they turn it to cold, they're going to get that initial shock. What should they be thinking about or doing? I mean, you talked about breath a little bit, but is there something specific to that they should be tr- aiming to do in terms of the practice?
1: I think it's a lot to do with what you tell yourself mentally and us being fitnessers, we go through some pretty difficult workouts or we do some pretty f- difficult physical, um, tests. And whenever I'm going through that test, I always think to myself, okay, what is post post-mat going to feel like post workout? mat going to feel like it's only going to be two more minutes. It's only gonna be 10 more minutes. I can do this. I'm going to feel great afterwards. So just think about your post-self of cold exposure or that workout that you're doing. And then when you do that, then you can just focus on how you're breathing. And then when you're breathing that way, it calms your central nervous system. And then you start to relax into it. But it's really, for me, it's that mindset piece of convincing myself, this is going to pass. I'll be okay in... Two to three minutes because it is uncomfortable, but it'll be done right away. And you do twelve yeah, so minutes now. I I do three minutes every single day, but you only need to accumulate eleven minutes per week to get the benefits of cold exposure. Okay,
0: that that was where my question was leading. Yeah, like how much time Solberg. should people be like thinking about doing this?
1: Doctor Solberg, I believe that's how you say your name.
2: Yo, so Matt, do you, I mean, do you feel like being able to do something like that helps you with other stuff in general? So, I mean, like this, the idea of jumping into cold water, like sucks, right? As, as an idea, you, people think about jumping in cold water and you think, I'm not going to enjoy that. I would rather not do that. Right. Would you, would you be on board with the idea that like just doing that a little bit might benefit you in other ways and not like the not what the internet tells you is great about ice baths, but just in life in general.
1: 100%. I was listening to Joe Rogan and David Goggins and David Goggins is one of the most well, he's probably the most intense person on earth. <laughs> yeah. And he's talking about how cold exposure breaks people. Getting into cold water just breaks a part of you, right? It's super difficult. So if you can overcome something like that every single day, like this mental battle, because I still battle. I've done over 2,500 sessions every single day. I have to convince myself because it still feels uncomfortable. But if I can overcome that mentally, this action, then I can do under- uncomfortable things. Like I can, it's not always easy to apologize to my wife first. It's not always easy to have hard conversations in the business. It's not always easy to not react to comments on social media. But if I get that repetition, it's going to benefit me in a lot of different ways in life and that's that's a hard thing to articulate to people, but it's probably one of the biggest benefits I've noticed.
0: We see that a lot in the gym, right? People will join and they suddenly are doing these really hard workouts they've never done before. We had a we had a girl who um came up and she was telling me that I don't know how far after she joined this happened, but let's just say it was about a year. Um, and she said that she went and asked her boss for a raise, which she never would have done. But the amount that her confidence grew in the gym by doing really hard things um, allowed her to do that. Th- th- those are her words like, you know, doing hard workouts allowed her to be more confident in the work setting, um, which. Man, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's so cool. Um, when, that, when stuff like that happens. So yeah, I can see how I, I mean, I hate the idea of getting in cold water, so I can see how that can just make you you know, better for other things in your life. But yeah, that's, I, I do not have that habit. Right. And cause
1: if you do that, it changes your perspective of what you're capable of. And in reality that's what stops many people from acting on something where they see someone doing something, whether asking for a raise or getting physically fit or getting cold water or going on a trip, they think I could never do that. But once you change that perspective and saying, how can I do that? I'm going to start doing things that make me uncomfortable every single day. Then you start to take actions in a different direction, which then will change your outcome.
2: Yeah. It pushes your threshold for what you think is hard, right? Like you, you know, a two was hard before, but actually now I think a six is hard. dude. Speaking on, on what you said about Goggins, like um, when I was in the army, I was stationed in Fort Drum, which is like upstate New York. Um, And for like, you know, you and, and make believe uh, digital Canada, like that cold is normal to you, but for Americans, there's not many places in our country as cold as that. Like people from Alaska will go there to to practice cold weather training. Right. Um, And I remember you wet and cold separately would be the thing that broke soldiers the most you know heat sucks but many many guys would um go into like heat exhaustion or heat stroke or something right like your your mm-hmm. body just kind of shuts down sooner than you like quit you know um mm-hmm. bro cold and wet those would be the things that ended people they'd just be like get me out of this end my career i want nothing to do with this anymore i give up um so I, the combo of those things like whenever I see like the the, the Navy SEAL training that like, what people don't understand is that when they're on the beach, they're cold and wet. And like, man, does that do something to you mentally doing things you don't want to do while cold and wet. I remember we would do training or we were, even when we were deployed, where it didn't get very cold. Um, you get wet and your, your morale just gets shot, you know, or you get cold and your morale just gets shot. So the idea that somebody, I mean, I think like Wim Hof was like the popularizer of this idea, right. But, the The idea that somebody was like, look, let me just do this thing that kind of sucks real bad, but I'll do it in a controlled environment and I'll just keep kind of pushing that threshold of how much it sucks a little bit. I think there's just so much benefit to that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And it gives you a, appreciation for the things that you can become, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? It gives you appreciation for the things you become not numb to, but the comforts and the actual good things, right? You say, oh, Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate my warm house right now. I really appreciate (laughs) these things that I get to enjoy, but I wouldn't have had this perspective if I didn't put myself through this position.
0: I got to ask, if anyone watches your videos, you put a hat on after Mm -hmm. you get into the tub. Why do you do that? It's a... A toque. A a a toque
2: a tutu Tuku. a tutu a tutu a yes beanie?
0: yes yeah. why do beanie. i do that
2: we should have all worn beanies for this podcast yeah why, why do you do, do that bear? because
0: you're getting in a tub that's in minus 45 you know degree weather so
1: right and have either of you been in minus 45 degree weather
0: uh like minus me- maybe 30 30 uh, yeah minus chilly. minus 60 wind chill not not temperature, not ambient temperature though.
1: But I, I said, because I get that comment, people ask me about my toque or my gloves I have on in certain videos. And I don't think people understand. If I don't have my gloves on, if I put my hands underwater, it's going to be warmer under the water than it is outside. But as soon as I come out, it's going to freeze onto the plastic. Right? So my ears are exposed and you can get frostbite pretty quickly. So when it's cold, that's the reason. Mm. When it's not cold, it's a branding position because I have Earn Your Dopamine on it. Got it. And you can also <laughs> um, attach
0: a mic to it. Yes. Yes. Which yeah. there's another guy, Jordan. He does that. He puts yeah. his mic on there. Got it. Um, and for anyone who likes dogs, you, they should go check out your videos because your dog also makes appearances usually. Loves carrots, loves ice. It's his favorite thing. Awesome. I will say that we are, um, we
2: are not doing another in our podcast without Earn Your Dopamine hoodies for all of us. we have to wear them during
0: the podcast take a note um what else would you want most people to know like everyday people to know so you know we kind of led with the ice bat thing because that's what you're you know famous for um but what else would you you know as a very general message you know want the general public to know
1: just in general
0: Yeah, because I have other questions about coaching or coaches and then um, gym owners, but I kind of want to keep it general and then go narrow.
1: I think I had a mastermind call I was leading the other day and talking about business ownership. Someone on the call mentioned, they're talking about ebbs and flows of entrepreneurship, right? You get excited about something, then it sucks, then it's going good again. It's this up and down journey. And the gentleman on the call said but Matt, like yours, you don't really go through this. And I had to stop and like, no, I I do. And I think that can be discouraging to people if they see all these big social media people just showing their successes. And that's a comparison thing, right? You just, I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to have this. I'm never going to be able to do this. When in reality, if you were to compare yourself from last year, if you're taking action on the right things, you'll have grown exponentially. But you're never going to be able to catch someone else because as soon as you catch that one person you had an eye on, meaning you have you've, you're, this is your net worth or you have a successful business or your marriage looks this way or you have a happy family or whatever it is, you'll reach that point and then you'll see, oh, there's someone else that has this thing that I think I need then. So I think the, the sweet spot as an entrepreneur once you can get there is to be at the same time Visioning big, dreaming big, acting on those, but being present and grateful in the now. If you can do that simultaneously, then you're not going to be comparing because you're going to be pursuing something that fits in your wheelhouse and appreciating what you have currently, which you once probably wanted before.
0: And that sounds like it can apply to both business owners and just the general public, like anybody who's, especially anyone who's scrolling on social media can definitely get that sense of, man, everyone else is doing great and, and achieving all these things and has the perfect life. And I'm over here with screaming kids and a crazy right. schedule and no sleep and. Well, not working and, out.
1: yeah. And I, we say entrepreneurs are business owners, but there's really just principles in life, right? You're just articulating them in a different way. So all these books behind me majority of them are saying the same things in a different way. You just have to understand the principle. (laughs) Nick, you have the same amount of books behind you.
2: Yeah. Why do you you, you guys have a hundred books? I have a, I have a stuffed unicorn.
0: (laughs) Usually it's your kitchen in the background. So there you go. It's a mascot. What are some other principles um, you pay attention to? or you, you've discovered over the years? I think. I was talking with my wife, Jalise, another guy I was
1: mentoring the other day. It's just that success comes from doing the small daily, daily things without getting distracted by the big, shiny things. And you, I'm sure someone will have heard this, who's listening to this, will have heard this from someone else before. But it's true, right? You're going to see this new method, this new tool, which is exactly that. It's a new method, new tool, rebranded of a principle. So just do the important actions based on the plan you make every single day, try to be 80% successful. And that could be in your business. So think of three critical habits you want to do every single day in your business, be 80% successful. You'll increase based on your plan. If you want to get better at fitness, be 80% successful with your nutrition, 80% successful with your, what I call physical deposits and you'll be successful. And if I could tie success and one of the problems we see in the world right now together, it's that we are trying to use acute interventions for chronic problems. So if we look at the epidemic of chronic disease, right? Like heart disease, cancers, all these different things, diabetes, mm-hmm. we're trying to treat a chronic issue with an acute intervention, pills, surgeries, and which sometimes needs to happen. But if we could just teach people do these small things every single day. It's going to take time because what chronically, what happened chronically is going to take chronic time to reverse. You'll be in a way better place a year from now. You just have to be patient and see the evidence that this is true. And don't get distracted by all these flashy things.
0: Yeah, but people are impatient, right? They want, they want the result now. And, and we're getting more distracted
1: by social media it's i think that's a gift in itself to be disciplined to the small daily things if you can do that but how do you like i guess i'll ask you guys how do you train yourselves to do that your clients to not get distracted
2: well yeah i think it, this is related the interesting to, chris i think the interesting part of that though right is like you you're gonna you know, i'm not gonna even answer i want you to give an answer but i just think like we're at, we're almost asking people to act against their very nature to do that, which is why it's so hard, right? Like, cause we're asking people to be preventative instead of reactive. And like by nature, most people are not preventative because the thing that they're concerned about hasn't happened yet. So it's not like in their purview. They don't, they're not, I'm not concerned about you know chronic obesity because I'm not currently obese. I'm not concerned of concerned about the, the potential of diabetes because I'm not pre-diabetic right now. right? Like the, Everybody, I'm not concerned about uh, being unhappy because I do things that give me quick dopamine hits constantly right now, you know, but I don't know what happens if I do too many of those. Like, we're asking people to actually act against their nature, right? Like, that's so hard. That's so hard for people to do.
0: Yeah, I also think with the messages we put out uh, from our businesses it, it ends up attracting more like-minded people. So I don't know if it's possible to really reach everybody. You know, some people are just going to not want to listen to your message. They're not, you know, what I would say is like the right fit. So I think it's kind of like from a business owner perspective, gym owner, especially um, perspective is that you kind of have to be okay with not helping everybody. Um, but that, You're going to be helping the people who want it and who are open to this idea that you don't necessarily need to take a pill, uh, to fix a a particular problem. I think modern medicine is amazing in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that everyone needs to never take pills. Right. Um, or or have surgeries or whatever whatever the acute intervention is right if it's appropriate for that thing but you know i think for what we're talking about we're talking about chronic diseases where it's it's very obvious to us that it's tied to habits uh, nutrition habits sleep habits exercise or really lack of exercise habits so all we're saying is like hey if you do these things on a somewhat regular basis you won't even have to deal with these, you know, you're, you're hedging your bets basically. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, anything genetically might be there and, and you might be more predisposed than others, but, um, which is, which is related to a follow-up question for you, you know, you kept talking about like 80%, like aiming for 80%. Uh, I know why you say that, but why do you say that? Why do you, why do you say 80% and not a hundred percent?
1: Cause it's more doable in the mind. I think. And there's a lot of principles, I think, um, in how much you focus on a particular thing versus another thing, right? If 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clientele, that there's that one. Um, mm-hmm. There's another principle for how you do work. Um, so I don't really know this, I guess, the science behind it. But for me in my mental, the way I work, I can be 80% successful and then have that 20% gap Um, where some people, if they aim for the hundred percent and they fall short, a lot of people struggle with that. I don't because I think, I think it's important to set an ideal for yourself because it's not about reaching that ideal. It's about who you're becoming in pursuit of that ideal. So if you, let's say you want to lose 30 pounds to get more fit and you don't reach that 30 pound goal, but you lose 20 pounds. Is that a failure? No, you moved in a positive direction and you will get to that 30 pounds because you changed your lifestyle. I believe that's what's more about. It's that pursuing the, this ideal and however you need to approach that, whether you say go for hundred percent, but be okay with 80% and go for 80% and know I can get 80%. It's more of the, where is it moving you?
2: I think what you're saying there, that 80% idea. I I think the way we get people to understand that better is more people speaking about it like you do, right? So, I I think there's this this misbelief that everybody who seems to be more successful than you is operating at 100% capacity all the time, right? And like we we know that that's not true generally. Like, I personally hate the uh, the like hashtag entrepreneur mindset of like get up at 3 a.m. work really 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 hard meditate. Ice bath for two hours, do your first of seven workouts that day, journal about your last workout, like never miss ever. Like, I hate that because if you're a person who wants to lose 20 pounds, you see something like that and you're like, oh, well, this is just unattainable. I'll never attempt this. And it's like a lie for the most part. Almost nobody's doing that. You know, they're probably doing some version of that that they feel comfortable with most of the time. And because they're doing it most of the time, they see a ton of success. But I think, Like, you know, we all three of us know each other personally, so I know that we do echo those behaviors, but I think it's very common for people who are, like, attempting to demonstrate their success, especially in the social media world, to just make it seem like they do everything right 100% of the time, and you better also, right? Like, that's bullshit. It makes it impossible. That, that, That prevents people from getting started because it seems unattainable.
1: Well, I can speak into that when I first started CrossFit. Once I started stopped playing competitive hockey, I wanted to go to regionals and I saw how much Rich Froning was working out. I said, I'm gonna work out as much as him because I wanna be there. And I had capacity, like I had capacity in different ways, but not the way I needed to. And I ended up hurting myself pretty bad. And I think the same mindset is what happens because we've worked as entrepreneurs, we've worked our way up to these routines and rhythms where if people just put themselves into that it's not going to work. And I don't have anything against 75 hard, but it's a struggle for a lot of people, right? You're going to have success, but you're going to tell me that you're going to be able to maintain that. So why not just work on something slowly and then work your way up there? Just like I couldn't, at the time, I thought I could get to Rich Froning's level by putting the time and energy in, but I couldn't because he's been doing this for X amount of years and he worked up the capacity to get, get there. And I ended up hurting myself because I didn't have that capacity yet.
2: Yeah, you said seventy five hard. I I was on a podcast with a buddy of ours, Dave Allen, and because I I did seventy five hard last year, and like I lost a bunch of body fat, and it was an interesting experience for sure. Um, I think the benefit of seventy five hard is doing it, but being okay if you fail along the way, right? Like if you did seventy five days and you rocked a ninety two percent success rate, you would have pretty insane results. But to do seventy five hard the way it is prescribed or you're a failure if you mess up on day 41. I think that is like so anti successful mindset, you know.
1: Yeah. And if you even just think of it like from an investing standpoint, I'm not going to do the math on it, but are you better off putting small deposits into your bank account that have an interest rate or doing lump sums every 5 years? That you're going to have that compounding interest. So instead of thinking I'm going to do this this short-term program and get amazing results but i didn't build up the capacity or my calendar couldn't handle that so i get these amazing results and then i actually regress substantially instead of saying okay slowly slowly keep going up keep going up until i reach that same level but it's sustainable because it had time to integrate with my life
2: i wish that was said more often right like the you take like a higher level athlete or Higher level business person or higher level whatever you're interested in, right? And you get them to admit that like the reason I'm here is because I did the right amount very consistently, not because I got lucky or struck it rich or I'm smarter than you or whatever, right? Like, um, yeah, I feel like um, like Alex Ramosi is really good about this right now, kind of like documenting, like, yo, I wasn't always perfect, but I I just kept going, and when other people gave up, I did not give up. I attempted my continuous work. And then like now the dude's a genius and way richer than any of us are ever going to be because he was willing to, to continue to make deposits even if it was, if he, even if he couldn't necessarily see that success or he didn't see anybody else who had had that success, you know?
1: Yeah. And we're talking about kind of in a one dimensional sense, right? We're talking about just physical, but if you take someone who like David Goggins, he talks about how he, his relationships aren't as important as his physical health. So let's say, You invest all your time and energy into working out or your business and you become successful. And I do this successful in quotes because that's always going to be changing. But along the way, you forgot to invest in these other areas of your life, whether it's your family, whether it's your physical fitness as a business owner. And that's really what I focus on right? with my program is you should be successful everywhere because on the deathbed of really successful, financially successful people, what do they always say? I wish I spent more time in X, or I wish I appreciated this more because there's always gonna be someone more successful and it's a never ending tale to chase.
0: For sure. Um, yeah, it's that um, question of like, you know, would, would you say no to a million dollars today? Uh, kind of timely, but um, like, no, of course not. But then if you add the caveat of like, all right, well, you're not gonna wake up tomorrow, then it's like, well, no, I don't want a million dollars. Like, there's no amount of money uh, that most people would say is worth it um, if they know there's not more time. Right. And that kind of goes back to the,
1: the topic because I like that analogy or that question is people tend to change if something drastic happens to them or someone around them, right? They get hit in the head by a two by four. Then they think, oh, I need to take action on this now. I got this health prognosis or this diagnosis that I need to now take action. Or someone has the ability to be introspective on their own life and look ahead and say, what am I doing now? What is my life gonna look like? And in the sales process, that's the question we ask people when they come into the gym. If you don't change anything today, what's your life look like five years from now? And sometimes you see their face and they'll even get emotional. Mm -hmm. Not good. And some people have actually said, I might not be alive right
0: yep yeah we often see people right around their birthday either before or right after like uh yeah as they f- they're they filling out paperwork and whatnot i noticed that it's right near their birthday there's also been um i wouldn't say studies but um i guess just observation that um when you look at like marathon uh entrance there are spikes at the like 29 39 49 age groups because people have have a uh a lifelong goal of running a marathon and then as they're approaching a milestone birthday like turning 50 and they realize they haven't done that thing they've always said they wanted to do they they go ahead and do it um so yeah i think you know being reminded of mortality makes people do things that they probably knew they should have been doing all along but it creates that like urgency factor um yeah like we we just uh, recently had a, a guy join the gym because well not only because but you know, he's very cognizant of his mother having Alzheimer's and he's like, you know what? I need to do something that is going to be more engaging and also physically beneficial for me beyond just work. And so I need to work out. Yeah. It's, it sounds almost
1: morbid. You got to think about your death daily. Mm -hmm. It helps you take the right actions and actually appreciate the time. And that's what a lot of people are doing when they get close to that, that mark, right. They're thinking my time is, is getting closer. What do I do now? I, well, I, hate, trainer, I hate that you have cool. to do
2: that. I hate that you have to do that though. Right. Like, cause Chris, I was, you're talking about that in your, the new member of the sales meeting. Like, I hate that that is what it takes. You know,
0: mm-hmm. like I recently,
2: right. I recently sat down with a woman who was caretaking for her. I don't know what to call him. Her, her person who lives in her house with her her male person who lives in her house. And then also another guy, I I don't fully understand her life situation either way. She was in her like fifties or sixties. She was caretaking for these two very sick men. She had finances, but she wouldn't commit to doing something that was healthy for her. And we talked about it. We were like, what, what do you, what do you like about your life right now? Like what, What's going to keep, what's going to continue? Sorry, if you continue this, what's going to happen? And she was aware of it and still was just like, I guess I'll just rot away. Like, I hate that we even have to have those kind of conversations for someone to finally think, like, maybe I should take positive action for myself, you know?
1: Do you think it's like a fear of the unknown? Even if your current situation is not good, it's
0: more, you're more fearful of doing
1: something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I usually say uh, people will will only join let's say join the gym as the as the thing um you know if if they to them their perception of that the pain of the change is is less than their current pain. Mm. Right? Because if it's not less than, then why would they change? So it's perception. Yeah, in most situations
2: that's like, Right. And in, in most situations, that's like not true. Usually, the pain of change is worse than the pain of staying the same. It's just that there's great benefit after that pain of change. We're, so well, we're especially when you're to talking about. A speed bump. Yeah. We're asking them mm-hmm. to, to, to run into a speed bump real fast and understand that there's benefit on the other side of that speed bump. But oftentimes, I think people are just like, you know what I'll do? I'll just sit here. I won't go through the speed bump. I'll just stay in this one spot forever. You know?
1: It's, yeah. That's impactful and you think it's the micro comfort that sabotages the macro growth. And people are afraid of giving up those simple instant gratification, those simple pleasures. Because in order to enjoy this life and to enjoy the benefits of a physical fit body or whatever else it might be, you're going to have to do some pretty uncomfortable things consistently.
0: Like getting in an ice bath daily. That's it. As a suggestion. Um, I know you guys are tight on time. So um, let's wrap this up and just plan on, you know, having you back on again. Um, So if if people want to find you, follow you, watch your crazy uh, ice bath videos, wherever they go find you.
1: Yep. You can find me at Matt Chenard on Instagram and then true alpha mentoring com That'll change soon, but right now it's trail for mentoring.com for business and earn your dopamine. I'll uh, develop that store a bit more so we can all wear hoodies. Matt Chenard right, on, on Instagram,
0: M A T T C H E N A R D. Yes. Wait. C H.
2: Okay. If you've made it through this whole podcast, I'm certain Matt has dropped enough hints that you believe me. He's not a real person. That is not the mindset of a real human being. <laughs> This is an AI generated voice. Anything I don't know if we're ever gonna put up video. The video I'm looking at is not real. This is all fake.
1: I was asking, I was gonna ask if it's video or not because I was kidding.
2: <laughs> Did you see that he ignored he didn't comment on that, guys? I've asked no, that he didn't. a robot he multiple times and he won't say diverted.
0: no. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that said, we're signing off. We'll see you guys next time.
2: See you back next week.